Hello, and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast, produced by the State Newspaper. I am your host, Greg Hadley, and the goal of this podcast is to keep University of South Carolina fans in the know on the most important stories going on around the Gamecocks, on the amount of time it takes you to get to work. For our first episode, we're previewing Carolina football's season opener against the other Carolina, UNC. The Gamecocks and Tar Heels kick off their season this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The game will be broadcast on ESPN, and the Gamecocks are, according to the most recent lines from Las Vegas, 10-point favorites. So I am joined now by our main football writer at the moment, Ben Briner. Ben, first of all, how you doing? Doing all right, Greg. How are you? Not too bad. Just to jump right into it real quick, you recently wrote, I think last week, on GoGamecocks.com, predicting that South Carolina would finish 2019 with a 6-6 six and six record. Can you explain the reasoning behind that? They got a hard schedule. I might have overrated Florida. I'll admit that right now. But they got a hard schedule, and I think that as they kind of go through it, there's a lot of games that are going to be toss-ups. They're going to be battles. You're talking about a, a schedule where Appalachian State is maybe your third or fourth easiest game. That's not easy, and that's going to knock a record down probably. Now, if things break right, if Florida is not as good as they're expected to be, and if USC can upset them, and if they can beat Kentucky, eight wins are certainly within range. But, you know, part of the fun of college football is that you think you know, but you just don't know. So I'm really looking forward to just seeing how it plays out. Yeah, and of course, predicting any season's results at the beginning is a tough thing to do. Correct. (laughs) Looking ahead to this week's game against UNC, this Tuesday, Coach Will Muschamp had a press conference. Pretty surprising news to come out of it. What what surprised you the most? Probably the fact that Dakarian Joyner is going to play in in some way, or at least that he said that Joyner is going to play in some way. Joyner was a quarterback all through camp, and there were there have been some questions floating if he wanted to change positions. But the staff said he'd be willing to help in other spots, and it sounds like he very quickly has put himself in position to do that. So I'll be interested to see, is he just going to be a direct snap quarterback? Is he going to be a guy they run on some jet sweeps? Could they maybe actually line him up at tailback or wide receiver in a real sense? I'm a little less bullish about that kind of thing. But for the moment, you know, worst comes to worst, he can get get a handoff going east-west or maybe take a direct snap and run behind a couple big blockers. And Coach Muschamp was also asked about the possibility of backup quarterback Ryan Helinski getting in there, and he kind of gave a somewhat evasive answer about that one. What do you think about that? I think he basically just dodged it because the chances are the only way Ryan Helinski gets in the game is if South Carolina is just rolling, which is certainly possible, but that's not a chicken you count before it hatches. That shouldn't be a a chicken any fan counts, and certainly not a head football coach talking in front of a press conference. What is the possibility, though, that if South Carolina is up on North Carolina, as they're expected to be, they're considered the favorites in this game, that DeCarion Joyner comes in to help preserve Ryan Helinski's red shirt? I kind of doubt that would happen, just because this doesn't look like a season that's going to have a lot of blowouts. So if Ryan Helinski is playing, it's probably because something went wrong with Jake Bentley or, well, pretty much that's it. If something went wrong or he gets hurt. So I don't know that Joyner is going to be there as like a guy who just helps preserve the red shirt as a mop-up quarterback. I think when push comes to shove, they kind of want to get his feet wet. And if he has to play a lot, you're probably burning the red shirt anyway. Gotcha. Beyond that, we're looking at the injury report for this week. What did Coach Muschamp say on that front? 
kind of weird with Keir Thomas. He'd had a, an, an ankle thing he was battling, and now all of a sudden we've learned that it's an infection. So they're pumping him full of antibiotics. Muschamp put a two-week timetable on it and then kind of a wait-and-see approach. That's really a bad break for Keir, who's been a contributor for three years, was looking for a solid senior season. Hurts the depth up front a little bit, might force some of the freshmen to step in a little bit earlier. But that's, I think, kind of a wait-and-see thing. And frankly, if UNC isn't good, it won't totally matter. But yeah, that's a loss. And then one thing that we thought might have been an injury concern was the absence of Evan Henson from the team's game notes, the roster. He was gone, but then Coach Muschamp said he decided to transfer. What do you make of that news? Well, it's interesting just because Henson gave up basketball a few months back to focus on football and then left football to go back to basketball. Granted, he had the the heart thing, so that that obviously might change one's priorities. It definitely leaves South Carolina in a really tough spot unless Nick Muse happens to be able to get ruled eligible by the NCAA because right now they've they've got Kyle Markway at tight end and they have a lot of questions beyond him. So if some of those guys come on, that could help, but you could be seeing a lot of Kyle Markway because I don't know how often they're going to play without at least one tight end on the field. Yeah, going off of that, Coach Muschamp said William & Mary transfer Nick Muse. They're still waiting to hear back on his waiver for NCAA eligibility. But beyond that, they they really don't have much at the tight end position. No, I think Keyshawn Tony could be good down the road. Trey Kenyon missed a lot of camp and a lot of spring, so I'm not totally sure where he would be. They seem to like Chandler Farrell, a converted offensive lineman, but he's also not going to be going out for passes often, maybe ever. So I think a lot of that's going to be cobbling things together. But granted, this is a staff that at various points has cobbled a lot of stuff together. So I really think that, you know, you could have different options. And I, I think they'll make it through, but it might might be a little lean at times. Definitely not relying as much on tight end as they did when they had someone like Hayden Hurst. Correct. And looking at another position on the offense, running back, especially with Clemson transfer Tavian Feaster, I think a lot of fans are excited to see what he can do. What are you thinking he'll look like, especially in this first game? I think he'll look okay. I think he'll look probably above average. It helps that North Carolina has not been great defensively of late. The thing I think with him is going to be just how big a workload does he have? Do they rely a lot more on Rico Dowdle? Just that kind of stuff, because I think that, I think he'll have some role, and I think we'll end up seeing all three backs at some point or another. I don't know that he's going to come out and get 18 carries. I think he might be closer to 12 in the short term, but, you know, he definitely could surprise. And going off of that, you said the three running backs, that's Feaster, Rico Dowdle, and Mondenson, all Mm -hmm. seniors. Do you think any of them could crack 100 yards? Yeah, sure. I think someone could. I think, I mean, this team has had 100-yard rushers even deep in the throes of extreme running back by committee. So I kind of imagine that this, even if it's extremely by committee, it won't be that much different. Now, granted, they have to get things rolling against UNC, and maybe Jay Bateman's turned that defense around. We don't know. But I think there's a reasonable chance we could see someone get 100 yards. Gotcha. And that might just vary on a game-by-game basis as, as to who's playing the best in that game. Yes, to a degree, and also just who settles and takes command of that running back battle. And also who stays healthy, because Feaster and Dowdle have had their share of issues. And heck, Mondenson did at the beginning of last year, too. Gotcha. And speaking of UNC's defense, they welcome in Mac Brown, who was obviously Will Muschamp's coach at Texas for three years. Mm-hmm. And they got two new coordinators as well. Basically, they have revamped their entire coaching staff. What can we expect from them? I don't know. They're they're kind of a cipher because 
we think we know what a Jay Bateman defense looks like, but we haven't seen it not playing with an option offense for five or so years. We're pretty sure we know what a Phil Longo offense looks like, but it's got, you know, a freshman, a true freshman running the show. I think they'll go fast. I think they'll have a lot of plays. And a lot of it's going to be, you have this team that's sort of young, but has talent. A lot of it's going to be, how good are they at that up-tempo stuff quickly? Because it ha- it's just less forgiving. Mm-hmm. And we did have a reader ask about what are the playmakers on UNC that South Carolina should watch out for? Well, the first one is Sam Howell, a guy that South Carolina recruited a good bit before Ryan Helensky committed. He's a good mobile guy. He was a, used to be a Florida State commit. I think he could be pretty impressive, but he's also a true freshman. And I know South Carolina has a history of true freshmen that they face putting up big numbers. So I don't think that'll happen, but I also wouldn't rule it out. They've got a pair of good running backs, including a former Ohio State tailback Antonio Williams. Both of them were explosive at times last year, but you know, also on a team that was down a lot. And they've got a pretty good wide receiver coming back who's, as I understand, is, is quite a kick returner. Gotcha. Especially of those three, how the quarterback, the freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. we were talking to the team, and they were talking about the process of scouting a true freshman QB. How do they go about that, and how tough is that? Well, they said that they kind of really didn't know. I mean, I think they said they watched a little of his high school film, and I'm sure the coaches watched more of it. But sometimes in that case, you just you don't know because it's a, it's a true freshman quarterback, and everyone he's running against in high school is much less good and athletic than he is. But I think also, you know, Part of college football and part of all football is adapting to the circumstances that you're put in. And, you know, they'll see what he can do, and then they'll kind of figure it out from there. And then, of course, with Mac Brown coaching UNC and previously, you know, hiring Will Muschamp at Texas, is that something where it's just, you know, a media storyline? Does it matter at all for the game at hand? I can't really imagine it does. I mean, they're coaches that like each other. Mac interviewed Will Muschamp on the field during his first spring game. You know, I, I, I think they're just friends. I don't, I don't know that there's going to be any real secret to any of this. I think it's more a good storyline. But, hey, it is a very good storyline. Mm-hmm. And then looking at another reader question, someone wanted to know what the deal was with sophomore R.J. Roderick and junior Jamel Cook, both in the secondary, both pretty highly regarded coming in, but now not in the team starting lineup according to their depth chart. Well, I think it's two very different cases. I think RJ, I think that that kid can roll out of bed and be a solid, solid member of the secondary. Shoot, last year was basically his first full year playing defensive back, and he was very serviceable when he was forced into the starting lineup. So I don't think there's a ton of worry about him. I know he's a backup at the safety spot and the nickel spot, and part of me just thinks they're going to use him in both spots and want to give some shine to some other kids. Jamel Cook is more complicated because I think he's talented, but there were never any great reviews of him pretty much since the end of his the end of his true redshirt year. So, I just don't know with him. I think he can hit, I think he's big, fast, can move, but that you know, doesn't always pull everything together. So, I'm kind of in a wait and see mode. If he came out and suddenly was pretty good, that wouldn't totally surprise me. And it would be a really big boon to South Carolina secondary. But I also just don't think, I don't think he's someone that fans should say, that's a guy that's going to play a big role, at least until they actually see it happen. Mm-hmm. And taking uh, their, one of their, both of their spots, really, uh, in the secondary is freshman Jamie Robinson. He's obviously been a big surprise at this camp. Has he been the biggest surprise for you coming in and starting right away? 
I wouldn't say so. I think the progress from Josh Van has been a bigger surprise. I think Robinson, you knew was good. The staff wanted him. I think he was kind of an underrated recruit because he's not necessarily the tallest dude, but he was the anchor of a very good high school defense. And South Carolina's, this is their third consecutive year with a true freshman at the nickel spot. So that didn't surprise me all that much. I thought one of those young defensive backs was going to step up. Josh Van was more interesting because Josh Van statistically just kind of had a rough year last year. The staff liked where he was at. They spoke highly of him. They gave him the number four receiver role. So clearly he was, you know, good in some ways, but he also averaged 6.6 yards a catch, which is really low. And it sounds like just everyone you kind of ask about him, they talk about steps he's taken in confidence and feeling and just his feel for the game. And the fact that Muschamp came out last week and said he's clearly in the top three receivers says a lot about what he'll potentially be able to do. There's also a staff that likes playing young receivers. And if he can make a jump to even being close to a freshman Shai Smith or something, that would provide a lot for this team. And of course, he was not sure to make the starting lineup with the return of Ortre Smith at the wide receiver spot. So that's really a deep group for the Gamecocks. I'd say deep-ish. I think they go four deep. I know the depth chart had a couple of older guys in Rendricus Davis and uh, Chavis Dawkins as your five and six receivers. I'm still kind of interested to see if a Chad Terrell or maybe a Xavier Leggett can break their way in there. Muschamp said Leggett's going to be a guy that is going to play on on Saturday. So I'll be interested to see kind of how those five and six spots shake out. Not that they're necessarily the most important because you could just play three guys all the time if you really wanted, but I think that... I think it's interesting to see how that the back end of that shakes out. Gotcha. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Ben, for stopping by, and thank you for tuning in. Looking forward to talking to you more. Yeah, sounds good. As a reminder, we'll be releasing two episodes a week during football season, previewing and recapping each South Carolina football game. Previews will be out Wednesday, and the recaps will be available Monday. And they will be available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we go in-depth on all the topics we covered here today and much more at GoGameCocks.com, and we have a great deal going on right now, so you never hit our paywall at the state. It's called the Sports Pass. It gives you access to all sports, only sports, and it only costs 30 bucks for the first year. So please be sure to check that out for all the Gamecocks coverage you possibly want. 